1: Uh, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the, what is this, week nine edition of the Prime Point Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am for Divine. Thankfully, it, it looks like Graham, I don't know if he's moved locations, changed houses. He is encased in a concrete room where no weather can get to him. Uh, the whole band is here for now. I we'll hope it can continue throughout the show. Uh, Graham, unfortunately, couldn't make it last week due to some weather, literally just as the show started. Uh, Jake and I filled in admirably for you, Graham. Uh, but uh, good to have you back. Uh, welcome, welcome back, my friend.
2: Yeah, it's good to be back, man. I missed. Uh, I missed our show last week. I had some great takes to get off. I Had some couple couple bets that hit that. I couldn't get off, but hey, it's okay. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I uh, so I moved my setup into my living room. I have an office, like a little corner office in my mm-hmm. apartment, and I just plugged in to the router. I was like, all right, there's no no more internet uh, issues no. uh, gonna gonna come through the, on the show.
1: The router is literally right next to me because I don't you don't yeah. mess around with that when you're doing these. My shows router is now right next. For to so me. long, <laughs> uh, and the the old trick and DFS is for many years always reset the router if you're having problems. Uh, it's just the old uh, Twitter take from a long time ago uh but jake what's going on dude uh me and you had to carry the show last week uh graham you did get credit for your bet side that is in in the tally there i made sure for that uh but jake what's up man a lot's going on there's new tools we'll talk about both at roto grinders and uh at fantasy points so it's an exciting week i think for both of us here but uh in general dude what's up
3: Yeah, yeah, doing well. Um, I felt like I pretty much hit the nuts in DFS last week outside of just being a little too down on the the Cowboys and and CD Lamb. Um, So yeah, overall, overall pretty strong week. And yeah, it's a great week for uh, new tools, new releases. I'm going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about on what is looking like a pretty gross slate. Probably the worst of the season. I was um, just going to say, you know, it's not going to be fun to
1: talk about <laughs> how ugly this DFS slate is because uh, I didn't go through and count, but maybe I'll do it in my head here. But there's, let's see, uh, one, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Possibly six, seven backup quarterbacks out of twenty mm-hmm. NFL teams that were not their quarterbacks to start the season gonna be playing this week.
2: Yeah. There's always a deluge of injuries. It's just the nature of the league. It just sucks it happened in week eight, you know, like the first eight weeks of the season as opposed to like, you know, week 15 when usually you lose like eight or nine teams. But uh man, this this is a brutal slate. We thought week uh, what was it, week six was bad, week seven. Um, what was the bipocalypse? Week seven. That was the mm. bipocalypse We thought that week was bad. This is uh this is pretty bad. I mean, there's no teams on the main slate with a team total ahead of uh more than 25. You yeah.
1: can okay. you can you can use your noggin and try to figure out which teams might be going over their totals, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. That is basically one of my takeaways. This was my takeaway last week, uh, when I was on with Jake, and I'm sticking with it because it's these totals, they're too low on a lot of games now. They've the 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 sports books have overcorrected, in my opinion. And there's a couple. You can look at teams in a dome, teams in good weather, teams with offenses that are playing well, that are putting up points that are just, they're literally just disrespected because the sports books have just slammed all the totals. And I think we can use some of that in our favor this week. Uh, I'll I'll talk about some of those. Yeah, no, uh, I see Scott, no costumes. I almost threw it on, but this was like five minutes ago. Uh, (laughs) Before the show, I almost did I'm like, I didn't talk to them and I didn't want to be the fool. Wearing the Cookie Monster outfit, and you guys show up uh, wearing regular gear. So I didn't do it. We shouldn't. I'm sure the kids
2: love Cookie Monster.
1: Uh, Scott, <laughs> I'm just, I'm too busy preparing for the show to hey. spend the five minutes to put my yeah. costume on, and that's what I'm going to use for your excuse too, since your boss is watching.
2: There you go. Yeah. There you
1: go. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So try to figure out. Use your head. I, I'm, I'm looking at lineup HQ. And there's just, there's like three or four totals I completely disagree on. We'll talk about some of them DFS, sports betting. Um, but yeah, use your noggin. Uh, some of these offenses, I'm just going to throw one out here real quick. Uh, Washington, how many points, are they still scoring points against Philadelphia? And they, their team total is 18 and a half in New England, who doesn't really have much going on in there. I think that's a little too low. They're, that's a team total. I don't know if New England really has the firepower. Uh, on offense with their best wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne. I don't know if that's <laughs> oh saying something gosh. going out for the season, uh, but yeah, yeah, that Washington team total is something I like. I like that Washington offense for DFS too. Nobody's going to be on them by the time Sunday rolls around here. They can they can put it up, they can pass, and that's what we need uh, in today's uh, NFL landscape because just uh, your fantasy scoring. Specifically this week, barring something absolutely ridiculous, the scores I think are going to generally be pretty low. Uh, what's a couple takeaways, Jake. I'll go to you first. What's going on in your mind for the whole season for last week? What's happening?
3: Yeah. So these bears and Texans backfields both look like total dust right now. They're both three man committees. You have Mike Boone stealing third down snaps in Houston uh, while Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary split the early down work. And then in Chicago, um, Darrington Evans, Roshan Johnson, and, um, Deontay Foreman are splitting usage and snaps pretty much all evenly. So not looking to play anybody from those backfields, but on the opposite end, Javante Williams has looked a lot better, both from a efficiency perspective and usage perspective. These last few weeks, he had a career high 27 carries in week eight alongside 68 percent of snaps and 21.4 expected fantasy points. So wheels up for Javante Williams, but not so much for these Bears and Texans running backs.
1: Yeah, we need to know uh Taylor Swift was not at the Kansas City game uh in Denver. Mm. Uh, is she gonna be at this game in Kansas City? Because they I, I think they uh they can't win without her uh, up in the up in the box seats anymore. So they need Taylor she, Swift to show up uh, for this game. Yeah, she the made the
2: state. wise she <laughs> <laughs> made the wise choice this way, uh Britt not coming out to Denver. It was freaking freezing <laughs> here this weekend. Uh
1: yeah, the flu game got me on a Travis Kelsey prop. I was big on uh, on the scores and oddsides. but that's go. uh
2: there's always next week to get
1: your props. Uh, Graham, what are you looking at generally Uh, the season last couple of weeks? What's happening?
2: Yeah, we're, uh, you know, obviously tight end is a fantasy wasteland. We're, we're always looking for the next new tight ends. And I, I think we have two, I think there's two, at least for the next couple of weeks. One is Dalton Kincaid, Uh, obviously getting Dawson Knox out of the lineup uh, elevated Kincaid to a full time route share that we expected, you know, 76% route share this past week. But uh, what was interesting to me is, you know, obviously the usage, you got six targets, uh, you got a good amount of the first read looks and he kind of got like this, like Sam Laporta esque usage where he ran 30% of his routes out wide. They lined him up in the slot. They put him in line. And like, if he's going to be lining up as like a true mismatch nightmare, like we kind of expected Kincaid to be, uh, he's going to be right there on the back end of the tight end one radar every single week. And uh, I think for this week, Trey McBride is still too cheap. Uh, We were on Trey McBride last week. I didn't think he had this close of a ceiling. (laughs) Like He had 11 catches, 80 yards, and a touch, 14 targets. But according to Fantasy Points data, insane, 46% first read target rate. That's just looking at the targets earned on first reads. Obviously, Josh Dobbs is gone now. But this this Cardinals offense is designed to throw to tight ends. Uh, Their tight ends have a 32% target share combined. That's tied with the Chiefs for the second highest rate in the NFL. And I expect that to come down a little bit. Obviously, Zach Ertz is out of the lineup for the next couple of weeks, but uh, this is, this team throws to their inline tight ends at the third highest rate. They're designed to throw to McBride. And if you just look at it, I mean, just Marquise Brown is only one guy. He's you know, good uh, field stretcher on the outside, but they need somebody in the intermediate areas. And I think that guy can be McBride and this season guys, he's been great. Rank second yards per route run only to Travis Kelsey so we got some small uh, sample efficiency to hang our hats on. So with you know Darren Waller and you know some tight ends getting hurt, we're having you know Kelsey and Andrews are have been solid. Hawkinson just lost Cousins. Uh, I like McBride and Kincaid to kind of fill in the gap here for the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see this week right at Cleveland. And then also, is it Clayton Tune or is it Kyler Murray? Because that's yeah. a very different story for me. than wanting to roster treatment <laughs> exactly. side, and he goes from what? What was he? Twenty seven hundred to thirty seven hundred. He should go on right up to forty seven hundred if he asked me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he sh- should. Yeah,
2: point. he should be in the mid four fives. And you're right. I mean, it's Tuesday. We don't know if Kyler is going to start yet, but uh, if he does, I mean, I think we can be back in on McBride and uh, Kincaid. Is you know he's basically a wide receiver. You know, he's going to run like thirty percent of his routes as a traditional like inline type kind of guy. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just got to keep that in the back of the mind, back of the mind for his matchups going forward.
1: And yeah, so there's just a couple of takeaways we have. Uh, I want to talk about some stands uh, teasing some things we're going to look at for the show and basically some stands, either sports betting or DFS we're looking to take this week and mine. Uh, I, I tend to come at it from a sports betting perspective. Uh, my sports bets, uh, at least in the sports betting segment have been doing pretty good this year. And uh, the stand I'm taking is there's a road team not getting any respect uh, with how good the offense has been uh, with their new quarterback over their past couple of weeks. Now, there's not too many teams that that could be, uh, but I think uh, there's a line that just, it's way off. It's one of my biggest bets uh, I think I've ever made. I'll have to see if it pays off, but I'll talk about that just a little bit later in the show. Uh, Jake, what are you looking at from a stand segment?
3: Yeah, I really like an expensive quarterback who failed for fantasy purposes last week, willing to uh, go back to the well there.
1: All right, and then Graham, What's uh, what's shaking for you? Where are you putting your foot down?
2: This is a gross DFS slate, no doubt about it, but there's one game in the afternoon window that I have my eye on. Uh, It's features two cheap quarterbacks uh, and I I, it's Tuesday night and I'm excited to talk about it uh, when we get there here in a second. All right. So up on my screen, what is
1: this? Uh, Look at all of these uh, fancy bar charts. Uh, So at Roto grinders, if you haven't been following along on Twitter or anything like that over the past couple of days, the simulations have come to Roto-Grinders, at least for football at this point in time. So I need to tell you a little bit about them. Uh, you just dropped the beta version of a new NFL lineup building tool for a limited time. You can try it for free. Sim Labs is a brand new product that generates DFS lineups through the power of simulation. It combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that match your preferences. And in just a few clicks, you can have hundreds of well-built, correlated lineups ready to go for whatever contest type you're playing. Uh, you can check out the link in our description for more info, uh, but it's rotogrinders.com slash simlabs slash NFL. I used this last week. Uh, didn't, I did not have many Dak Prescott or CD lamb, but it still returned a, a reasonable expectation for me. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, ways to, to tweak this. Uh, it's based off the rotogrinders projection ownership. There's simulations that run on the back end. Uh, a pretty good product they've put together here uh, between uh, I believe Fantasy Labs and RotoGrinders, so make sure to check it out. Uh, it's free for now. Why wouldn't we want to use it? Uh, check it out for the main slate. Uh, it's also very good for showdown as well. So even on Thursday night, uh, you can give it a run. Uh, all right. So with that said, let's talk about some DFS. We're all going to be using the the free Sim Labs. What are we doing in DFS this week? Uh, I always like to go to you, Jake. You write the primer, uh, the DFS early look over on Fantasy Points. You've looked at the slate. There's some things that's standing out. It's ugly. There's a lot of backup quarterbacks. Does that mean we're going to all be using the same players even more? Because, you know, even on the 10-game the slates, it gets condensed. But with just how, like, horrible some of the quarterback play is going to be expected and how low some of these totals are, again, I think some of the totals are wrong. I think we're going to get very, very condensed around a few plays, like at the top, Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts. That's going to be a a pretty difficult decision for a lot of people. There's a couple of cheap quarterbacks, well, there's a lot of cheap quarterbacks, but probably only a couple you want to use. Uh, Running backs, I don't know, there's like only three or four you want to use. It's pretty uh, congregated in in what you want to use this week. So what have you taken a look at so far uh, in your primer?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I do think this is going to be a pretty condensed slate, which should make it a great slate for the purposes of, you know, large prize pools, large tournaments, probably a pretty tough slate from a cash perspective. Um, that said, you know, the two quarterbacks that really stood out to me, Lamar Jackson was top three in all quarterback efficiency stats prior to week eight on top of nine and a half rushing fantasy points per game, which is uh, top 10 all time. Uh, Seattle's a top eight matchup. You know, last week he didn't quite get there. Um, that was largely because Baltimore just kept giving the ball to Gus Edwards in the red zone. Um, but we can't forget that he's just been playing incredible. So at least right now, I I do think I I lean him slightly over Hertz, um, but it's going to be really close. Both guys should be very highly owned. Um, but I think the chalk quarterback this week, is probably going to be Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, there's only two teams or two games with a total over 43. He's playing in one of them. Um, And he's averaging 18.1 DraftKings fantasy points per game in the five games he's thrown over 20 passes, 19.9 DraftKings fantasy points per game in his four starts this season. Those marks rank seventh and fourth best among slate eligible quarterbacks, and yet he's priced as the quarterback 16. He's going to project really well. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be on Gardner Minshew. Uh, DeMario Douglas is also popping as a really strong value at wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne, obviously, you know, unfortunately lost for the season with a torn ACL. Devontae Parker now in concussion protocol. There's really nobody left who has any real juice in this New England wide receiver group. DeMario Douglas was at 15.8 expected fantasy points per game over his last two games, you know, dealing with Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker. That's actually better usage than CeeDee Lamb had through the first eight weeks of the season. Um, And then also, you know, another sneaky punt could be Noah Brown. This is a little thin, um, but he has seen, you know, strong usage in his two healthy games and he's playing in by far the best schedule adjusted matchup for slot wide receivers. So those are a few guys that, yeah, I've been looking at so far, um, but this is going to be a really good slate to get weird. Just, you know, overall for tournaments.
1: Yeah. Well, I like this Houston passing offense. I'll talk about that at some point point uh, in just a little bit as well here. Uh, so yeah. Minchu, how do you not want to take a shot at him? Uh, anyone in that offense against Carolina today? If you ask me, I, I like that call quite a bit. Uh, Graham, what about you for DFS? Where do you think we should be looking Week one, it's Tuesday, right? We don't really know weather. We don't really know all, all these injuries, quarterback situations. There's, I think there's more up in the air than there are most weeks when we do this on Tuesday, and we really don't know too much on most Tuesdays. Uh, what can we take away uh, very early in the week?
2: Yeah, I, I'm with Jake, you know, aligning on that uh, Colts game for sure. I like Gardner Minshew a lot. If he gets steamed up to a point where he's like, one of the highest-owned quarterbacks on the slate. I think you can obviously make the case to fade him. But for all the reasons Jake laid out, I just really like this game. I, I, I like a lot of the pieces from it. Uh, flipping over real quick to the Panther side, Jonathan Mingo is a little interesting. Is one of those like kind of get-weird plays, 3,400. Uh, he's one guy at your mark kind of for this game. Uh, he, last week, Panthers changed their offensive coordinator. They went from Frank Reich to Thomas Brown. Uh, and Brown actually got Mingo a little more involved. Thielen was still the clear wide receiver one. Thielen's is priced up to 7500 now, so I think we can find a way uh to get Mingo into some tournament lineups. And like you were saying, man, running back is so gross. Uh we should talk Tony Pollard. We should do it cuz he's he's going to project amazing at 6800. You know, obviously Eagles run defense has has been fantastic this season. I think it's game script, uh, you know, in general. Uh obviously the Rams, this last game, you know, got blown out. Uh, they played in a tight game against the Chargers. Pollard had, it should have had a touchdown Dak kind of like slightly overthrew him and Pollard maybe dropped it on that wheel route. Uh, and then, you know, they got blown out by the Niners. They got, uh, they beat the shit out of the Patriots. Uh, it's just been an up and down season for them. And, you know, in general, we want running backs to have good game script. Like there's very few in our game, like besides maybe Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler that like, regardless of game strip, you know, you can throw Alvin Kamara in that mix, Saquon Barkley in that mix, but you know, by and large every single year, there's only five or six guys that are game script independent And Pollard. I think has just had the lowest end range of outcomes happen time and time again. Uh, this week should be a really close game. Obviously, you know, Cowboys Eagles divisional game, three point spread. Uh, but what do you think, man?
1: Yeah. So I'm looking, I'm just trying to, Against the Eagles is very tough to run against. They're allowing what, like yeah. sixty-five rushing yards per game, and he's he's certainly not getting there in the rushing yards because he's at four yards a carry. Uh, between the injury, the from last year, between missing, uh, who who's uh, who's the the guy on the offensive line? Ty-
2: time yeah, time. Tyron Smith uh, missed last week. I think yeah. the best the best case against Pollard is saying, hey, that injury was worse than than we thought, but by all the reports in August and September in the lead-up to the season where he was 100%, I, I think it's a, a change in the run uh, the run scheme. You know, last year they had Zeke to run in between the tackles. They don't have anybody to get those mm-hmm. like kind of tough yards in between the tackles. Now Pollard has to do it, and I think he's more of like an outside zone kind of guy. So it's tricky, man. It's tricky. He's going to project just, amazing. put week, it all though. together,
1: everything that's happened, right? You've
2: talked yeah. between – the coaching chain going from
1: Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy, right? Between the injury he had last year, between there's a lot of fluky games in there, but even his his yards per carry, right? Way down from last year. I'm looking, uh, I'm in the next-gen stats on NFL.com, right? The the top leaders in rushing yards over expectations, Zach Moss, Brees Hall, Raheem Mostert, Christian McCaffrey, B. John Robinson, blah, 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 blah. Uh Tony Pollard is negative in that stat sandwiched between Kareem Hunt, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and Amari DiMercato, right? Players that aren't generally household names at the running back position. He's just, everything everything combined, he's just off. And this is a pretty tough matchup. I'm going to have to see uh, where it's at for cash games. I mean, we've got Chuba Hubbard's 5,000, and that news came really late. And I was on the crunch time show for NFL. And I I thought one of the smartest moves you could have made with 10 minutes to go before locker, whenever we got that news was try to get as massively overweight on Chuba Hubbard as you can because it's such late news, no one's going to react to it. And what do you get, 17 opportunities? So I think the process of doing that was correct. Now, if that holds true and they move on from Miles Sanders even more, against the Texans. I mean, at 5K, how do you not want to play him? you still got Kamara is, what, 8,100. Saquon Barkley now with Daniel Jones is back. they, They are going to attempt to pass the ball. Uh, unlike with uh, former Syracuse University uh, quarterback, Uh, oh, man, DeVito. Uh, (laughs) They just basically – DeVito. Uh, So Saquon looks good. It's against the Raiders. We just saw what Gibbs did against them. I mean, how can – it's a short week. Barkley should have a big game here. Uh, There's just so many other options. You know, Jonathan Taylor, if first half Jonathan Taylor from last week Plays more in the second half. I mean, he was on his way to a big game. He's 6,400. This is against Carolina. I don't know if I want, I would play, if I knew Jonathan Taylor was going to even get a couple of touches in the second half, I would play him without hesitation over Tony Pollard at 6,800 against the Eagles. So, yeah. We'll have to see, we'll have to see where the industry lands on him this week. Yeah.
2: I wonder if Taylor picked up an injury that we don't know about because that, that second half usage was so fluky. It was Mm -hmm. super, super fluky. Uh, and obviously, you know, they kind of got game scripted out, but that game was kind of tight in the third quarter. It was still a one score game. It wasn't a two score game until the, the second, uh, the fourth quarter. So, yeah. I'll, what we'll was be, the we'll quote from the coaching staff that I think it was Moss got hot. So we rode the hot hand, but yeah. that doesn't
1: really make a lot of sense because Taylor was crushing. Taylor, Taylor was just...
2: Taylor looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, he looks back like fully back. So, yeah. yeah, it's I think it's just a matter of time before he has a full on breakout game. All right. By so, the, by oh, the way, Danny DeVito should have definitely been like a minor character in the Sopranos who just like chilled at the bang nonstop and would like always say what up to Tony. <laughs> he definitely should have been.
1: Uh, a little guest cameo appearance for sure for Danny really <laughs> really good on that one. Uh, I I want to talk. So we talked Pollard against the Eagles. How about CeeDee Lamb against the Eagles? Because that sounds much more inviting. So wide receiver at the top. I think you're gonna be able to afford one of these top wide receivers this week. So uh, is A.J. Brown going nuclear, right? If it wasn't for Tyreek Hill, he's having by far the best season. I need Tyreek Hill to get hurt for like two weeks because I got 2,500, uh, plus 2,500 on A.J. Brown to lead the league in receiving yards. I, I, I got there on the Justin Jefferson injury happened, and when I wrote it up on Scores and Odds, I'm like, I need a little bit of injury help, and I've got <laughs> it. I just need a little bit more, and we'll, we'll get there with A.J. Brown. But the dude is balling out. This is against Dallas, right? Dallas, uh, I, I was trying to find... Uh, how they rank, and you—you you have to. Everything is great on the Dallas defense; they're so good. Or do you want C.D. Lamb, who I believe Washington and Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin and all these guys are still throwing for yards against him this week? Which one of these receivers do you think you would rather have, Jake? I'm going to go to you first because this is going to be a, a real sticking point between these guys: Brown, who's crushing it against Dallas, who's tough. Or do you want CeeDee Lamb, who finally had the big breakout game against Philadelphia, who's giving it up every week?
3: Yeah, that is really tough. Uh, My lean, though, is A.J. Brown. I mean, (laughs) since he was caught yelling at Jalen Hurts on the sidelines, he leads all players in receiving yards, targets, receptions, and fantasy points per game. He's gone over 125 receiving yards. In six straight games um and he's on pace to break calvin johnson's single season receiving yardage record um i think you know aj brown should probably be close to the tyree kill price at least over nine thousand. um and so that's kind of the the tiebreaker for me i love the what are these ball- right
1: what's now. going on what are you hitting with these balloons could you see that graham uh no graham's, in graham's deep in the settings <laughs>
2: what in the hell
1: someone, someone I don't know, there's just balloons flying I just
2: saw there. that. Too. I'm, no, I'm looking at the data suite and listening to Jake. That was, that was bizarre. <laughs> that was what like, in the world? That's a,
1: it's a, that'll be a treat for those watching on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, um, that's great. I love that. But,
2: <laughs> Graham, what do you think on A.J. Brown versus C.D. Lamb I guess my computer loves AJ Brown. It's throwing some <laughs> balloons for him. Uh, I was just trying to find cause that, so Dallas plays a, a ton of single high, like that's, that's their base defense. Uh, and let me see if I can pull it up in the data suite real quick. AJ Brown has been dominating uh single high coverage looks. Let's see if I can get the last couple of games to pop up. Yeah. 47 targets against single high coverage looks, uh, or middle of field, close looks to 30 for Devonta Smith. I mean, any, any way you split it, uh, you know, Zone man, that the target splits are going to favor AJ Brown. Um, you know, man, Duron Bland and uh, you know S- uh, Stephon Gilmore have been playing well without Trevon Diggs, but I mean AJ Brown is just in a totally different talent tier. Jake, I, I mean, you and I and Scott were, all, were correct on AJ Brown as the wide receiver one this past week, and I think I think it's just right process to run it back again this week. He's still too cheap, you know. Like yeah. Justin Jefferson was what ninety two hundred. I mean AJ Brown should easily be that right now.
3: Yeah, I think price is the big, big tiebreaker there. Who's that? Oh, I just Who's said that? I think price is the the big tiebreaker salary. You know, Browns only oh. four hundred more. So, oh,
2: price, 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 price. Yeah, sorry, I thought you said Bryce. I was like, oh, Bryce. <laughs> I was like, what, Jake? <laughs> sorry, I, I want to ask
1: you too here. So last week we didn't really debate it much on the show, but it ended up in if you were looking at ownership when the uh, the slate started, it was Zay Flowers was the number one wide receiver by a wide margin and, and busted. And right on his coattails was Nico Collins, who also busted. It's going to be another debate this week because they're both in reasonably good spots, and their prices didn't really move because they both pretty much goose egg. Uh, I think I'm on I'm on Nico Collins. I think without hesitation over Zay Flowers this week. Do you have a specific take on that? I think Nico is uh, 5,800. Flowers is 5,700. I'm going to find that extra $100. I love Nico against this Tampa Bay. I know you like the slot matchup, and I was looking at some of the stats. It doesn't really line up for Nico, but you can pass all over Tampa Bay. You can't run on them. I'm looking for a real pass-heavy game script out of Houston.
3: Yeah. So it, I mean, that's a really tight one. I would lean Nico though. I think Houston's biggest problem, you know, part of the reason Stroud hasn't been getting there is because they've been a little lower than we'd like to see at least with pass rate over expectation, mm-hmm. uh, red zone passing. And if there's a team that forces you to throw the ball, it's Tampa Bay, They're top five in pass rate over expectation allowed defensively. So that should force Stroud to chuck. It should be good news um, for these Houston wide receivers at the same time though. I mean, Really don't see anything wrong with Zay Flowers as a play. Um, you know, I thought he was a pretty strong play last week. Ended up busting largely because, uh, you know, Gus Edwards just fell into the end zone three times. So didn't get a lot of, you know, passing touchdowns for the uh, the Baltimore passing attack. But, yeah, I think I think they're both strong plays would would give a slight lean to Nika, though. I'm with you.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. Graham, any other DFS thoughts real quick?
2: Yeah, the Texans, man, four straight games below uh, below average pass rate exp- over expectation. One injury to note in that game is Vita Vea. I'll see if Bucks can get their uh, run stuffing nose tackle back. Uh, Bills found some success on the ground last week without Vea on the field. Um, yeah, man, I, I, it's frustrating because like Nico's playing or uh, Stroud's playing so well, but. You know, they're still yet to, to kind of unleash him really only two games where they've been like exceedingly above pass rate over expectation. Uh, the one note, uh, the one other note I had is for this week, running back is is uh, absolutely a dumpster fire. But one back that's kind of popping on the low end of the scale again is Chuba Hubbard, uh, just in some early projections going back to that last game. I just want to mention Minshew. Uh, plus pass catchers, plus Hubbard, I think makes a lot of sense for that game. Uh, and I think even if you just want to play Hubbard straight up, he makes some sense as a, as a strong projection play. they you know Like I said, Miles Sanders uh, was pretty much benched last week. Uh, Raheem Blackshear actually played more snaps than him. Uh, it's been pretty much a disaster season for Sanders. So uh, I just wanted to mention Chuba uh, to round out the DFS section. All right, Jake, you're dumpster diving at quarterback.
1: You're looking for the, the grossest stack of the week on one of these backups coming in. Which one would you be willing to take a shot on, whether it's he has talent around him, the de- opposing defense is bad, which one of these quarterbacks? I mean, outs- like it's going to be so condensed. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, it's, it's Tuesday. I don't even know if there's ownership. I, I believe it probably has been updated, but we don't really know what's going to happen on a Tuesday. It's going to be so congregated at the top uh I, I don't know you're just gonna be able to get whatever quarterback you want not name Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott at like two or three percent on in tournaments or less
3: yeah so I mean Taylor Heineke is really interesting if he ends up being the starter this mm-hmm. week I mean we know Atlanta has you know fantastic weapons Heineke can sling it, man I mean he loves he loves throwing risky passes sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but He's always been fairly, uh, fairly friendly for fantasy purposes. Another guy I'm somewhat interested in is PJ Walker, if only because you know he has the ex- these extreme swings and just how good he looks. Like there are weeks where he looks absolutely terrible. He's also had weeks where he's been pretty good, and this is a great matchup against Arizona. I mean, you know, you're really only looking for 16 to 20 fantasy points out of these guys to to hit their ceiling. So my preference would be Heineke, but I do think Walker could be could be a little interesting.
1: All right, stay tuned to all the content here on Roto-Grinders later in the week to get a better idea of what's actually going down uh, in the DFS streets. Uh, All right, we'll talk some sports bets and tools in just a second, but uh, I need to tell you about our friends over at Ticketmaster first. Uh, More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action, and when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat, and their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you get the best view of those pivotal plays, and if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. You can find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL. Uh, All right, we're going to do some screen sharing with a new tool over on the Fantasy Points data set. Uh, I see it looks like it's it's Halloween outside, but it looks like it's Christmas, both (laughs) from uh, uh, being able to understand what's happening and all of these fancy new colors. I saw Scott tweeting this out uh, a week in advance. I was digging through. I'm like, where is this coming from? And then I realized... Uh, he was just teasing something a little bit here. Uh, Graham, I want to go to you first. First, what are we looking at here? Because you sprung this on me basically right before the show. Let's take a look at this. What are we looking at? How do we make use of it? Uh, this is, this, to me, looks like something that could be uh, basically something everyone's going to need to look at just about every week.
2: Yeah, sure. Jake, do you want to take this one? Uh, I think you yeah. had some good yeah, notes this.
3: Yeah, I, I can take this one. Um, so, Britt, if you click on the, there, this, we're on the offensive side right now, if you click on yeah. defense, all right, um, this is where I'll spend most of my time in the tool looking at the defensive side of the ball. But easily, I mean, I think by far, just based on the tweets I've gotten, the DMs I've gotten, this is easily our most requested tool. I mean, people really want to see what teams are running the most man coverage and the most zone coverage. And this is the only place in the industry where you'll just find a, you know, a clean percent where, you, where you'll where you will be able to find data like this, um, and you know people might wonder why is this important. Well, some players are extremely sensitive to man versus zone coverage. I think Rashid Shahid is a good example. Um, he's really struggled versus man, but he has elite numbers over the last two two seasons against zone. If you sort by uh, zone coverage percentage. Um, you will see that the Indianapolis Colts run zone at a top three rate. Rashid Shaheed just caught three passes for 153 yards and a touchdown against the Indianapolis Colts. So, you know, you can use, uh, you can pull those splits in like advanced passing, advanced receiving, see, you know, who's doing well against zone, who's doing well against man. Um, and then you can go into this chart and see which defenses are playing the most man playing the most zone. And uh, yeah, it really helps for just getting you know very granular, very specific with matchups. What we also do in this tool, which I think is great, is we break down coverage splits by single high versus two high. Um, and you really don't see a ton of people talking about this industry-wide. And I'm fairly certain you don't see data for this anywhere, but it is important. Alpha wide receivers, alpha wide receiver ones tend to smash against single high um, as they get one-on-one matchups on the outside with minimal or no safety help. Uh, We just saw DK Metcalf earn a season high fourteen targets against the Browns. If you sort by uh, single high percentage, the one one dash high, uh, yeah, Um, it's the uh, the red column. Um, Yeah, there you go. So the Browns play by far the most single high in the NFL. Um, and, you you know, some people might think, oh, you know, DK Metcalf just saw 14 targets. His usa- his usage is heating up, when in reality, that was just a matchup-based decision. He's getting a lot of one-on-one coverage on the outside. That's why he got so many targets this past week. Um, too high, on the other hand, that's two deep safeties. That's generally beneficial for secondary options in the passing game, especially tight ends. Provides more space underneath for players to find holes against zone coverage. You know, we can use Seattle as an example yet again. They're playing Baltimore this this week, who runs a top seven rate of uh, too high coverage. Tyler Lockett sees drastically better usage than DK Metcalf against too high. So using these splits, you know, it can help you make, Deciding which Seattle receiver to play is often a pretty difficult decision, but using splits like these, it can help you uh, help you figure out stuff like that. So I absolutely adore this tool. I think this is great. I think this is going to be one of the most used things in the entire data suite, and it allows you to get. I've your got a question data. for you. Yeah.
1: So if I go over to the offense, right? So if I see you just mentioned Tyler Lockett, I could go over to. It's basically going to show: is it by team or by player? It's by team. Uh, so how do I see? How do I find out? that Tyler Lockett is better than DK Matt on here? Because this is like a goldmine of information.
3: Yeah, so you'd go into an advanced receiving. um, You could go in there, and then um, we have a filter for, you know, man versus zone coverage within that. So, yeah, you Mm -hmm. could just filter down to the Seahawks, select zone, and then you know once uh, once it loads, you would see that you know Tyler Lockett sees more expected fantasy points per route, and I believe also more fantasy points per route, just generally more efficient against zone. No fan actually sees or against two high. Uh, no fan actually sees uh, you know pretty solid usage versus two high two. Um, so yeah, that's you know I, you can also do the same thing for for passers, see which quarterbacks are better versus two high or single high zone versus man. Um, super super helpful stuff. I like I said, absolutely love this tool. Yeah, so, yeah, there's the, so
1: many. Yeah. And I, and I know exactly what you're talking about now. So
3: gotcha. yeah,
1: just uh, the ability to do that match with players instantaneously, also downloadable for your spreadsheet nerds. Yeah. I don't yes. know how many spreadsheet nerds are out there and then you can, you know, VLOOKUP or however you want to do it. Uh, make it very simple to try to pull some of the stuff. Yeah. If you're, if you're in the sheets and, and I, I'm, I'm not in the sheets, I'm more <laughs> using your tool on your site than in the sheets. Uh, but i know there are some hey, there. Man, uh, Gar- freak, freak in the
2: sheets people hey man we're freak freaking the sheets freak the data tool uh um,
1: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm in i'm in the data tool uh Graham, what are there any i'm sorry to spring this on you but no. what kind of what matchups this week what's uh we we just got the tyler Lockett. yeah uh, dK Metcalf goodies what what's a, a i don't know if you've played around with this this early in the week are there any other big matchup discrepancies we can look at
2: yeah, I, I was looking at it just a second ago when we were talking to AJ Brown. Dallas is at sixty nine percent one high. And to Jake's point, uh, you know, wide receiver ones typically dominate cover uh, targets against a single high coverage. The one thing I did want to note, just from like a data football nerd perspective, and this is why Brett Whitefield and Chris Wechter are the absolute goats when it comes to like you know charting football information and then turning it into data. We're also taking out uh, taking out red zone plays and goal line plays here, so you're only looking at know plays where there was a clear man or zone coverage being ran and uh, you know we don't want to uh, be looking at plays where you know there's five or six plays ran inside the 10 yard line and uh, you know every every team does things a little differently inside the red zone uh so you know I think that's that's one thing an uh, important thing to note in terms of this this week uh once again you know Colts every single week I'm going to keep saying it Colts run a ton of single high coverage uh you know we're going to be attacking uh, that game for DFS. Adam Thielen has obviously been the Panthers uh, wide receiver one. He's their slot man. Uh, I, that's another reason I kind of like Jonathan Mingo, running more outside, getting uh, getting on top of the coverage. Uh, he's fine. The Panthers are trying to throw downfield a little bit more last week. I was watching the game. They're trying to throw downfield. Uh, it's something that Bryce Young was not doing much of to start the season. So coming out of the bye, Another thing to note: maybe the Panthers throw downfield a little bit more uh, going forward, and we can start using uh, somebody other in this offense, other than, uh, other than Adam Thielen, because it's been. I mean, I want Adam scary. Thielen. I
1: want. I want yeah. one guy getting 15 targets it, it makes it real easy to to know who to
2: play in DFS <laughs> when teams are doing things. Like no, yeah, no, it it is. It's just that, that for them specifically, they've got to get a vertical presence. Um, I've just got to say, also shout out to to Chris Wecht and our guy Brock, who does all of the uh, the. The behind the scenes stuff. This tool is legitimately beautiful. The the colors and everything uh, really pop. So shout out, shout out to our programming team. Looks great. Can't wait to dig into
1: it uh, as the week progresses in for the rest of the season as well. Uh, all right. So we've covered DFS tools, some thoughts, let's get to some sports bets. And this is one of the, from the stand segment. Uh, my, one of my plays of the week over on scores and odds, I believe I've written it up already. Uh, I had a road team being overlooked, not given enough credit. And that would be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, why are they just less than a field goal favorites against Carolina? I know Carolina had the bye and they sort of stoned the the Texans, but they barely scored any points. And the Colts offense is like, it's a machine right now with whether it was Anthony Richardson earlier in the season, they were doing well. Uh, they go right to the backup and that's out working, working pretty well for Minshew. You got a couple of good young wide receivers and Pittman and Downs, who he's, he's basically locked onto because he he realizes they're good. You got Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, like like that. That's the best running back combo in the league right now, isn't it? Uh, it? Like it's very hard to argue against that. I know it's Zach Moss, but you look at some of the statistics. That dude is balling out this year. Uh, I mean, this is like uh, an absolute behemoth of an offense, if you ask me. Going up against the Panthers, who I know they're trying to do stuff out of the bye. But they're still trying. They haven't actually Try. done anything. Trying with.
2: is the key word there, Britt. Yeah. Trying.
1: So they're trying. And this, this line just looks very off to me. I know they're the, the Colts are on the road, but this is like my big bet of the week for sure. Absolutely love the Indianapolis Colts, um, whatever their team totals at. I think you could also take the over on that. Uh, I don't want write, to write up 400 different bets on scores and odds. Uh, I like to put some spread bets out real early in the week because uh, that's generally when you get some of the best lines. Uh, so, yeah, the Colts minus two and a half is my favorite bet of the week. Uh, don't really see anybody else uh, on that. So, Graham, let's go to you. Uh, you're, you've, you've got a prop bet, and uh, I'll, I'll just say, uh, one of the other guys here at Rota Grinders is also on it, Mr. Justin Carlucci. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think it's up to 50. It, it, it goes every time I refresh the page, it keeps going up. It was at 48, <laughs> know, then it was sorry. at 50, then it was at 52, now yeah. it's at 54. It just keeps going up and up and up. But Hopkins looks like uh the real deal with Will Lewis now,
2: yeah. We uh we took a hammer out to DeAndre Hopkins over 48 and a half. I have no idea. I was shocked the books even put it up because they put it up before the Levis news, before we got news mm-hmm. that Tannehill wasn't going to play. And we, I mean, obviously, we knew obvious. Tannehill probably wasn't going to play, there's like a three percent chance he could actually suit up. Uh, I was stunned they even gave it out. Yeah, it's 40. I I hit it at 48 and a half. I I think I saw 52 and a half before the show. I would still get it there. I think it price picks at it at 52 and a half. You can correlate that with Will Levis, two overs. Uh, Levis will come back down to earth he's not going to hit bananas freaking laser shows uh, (laughs) throws every single every single week but obviously what stood out to me was the timing and rhythm the poise in the pocket the touch on some of the intermediate throws and the throws to the boundary wasn't just obviously the highlight real crazy throws to Hopkins uh yeah 48 and a half was just crazy Levis was third among all uh Passers last week and averaged up the target. 28% of his throws went deep. Again, that will regress some, but yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins definitely has some life. I I didn't think I'd be betting DeAndre Hopkins overs again this season, uh, but here we are. Uh, One other spread bet. I have not personally taken this, but I think I will when I get off the show. I've thought about it more Is Texans two and a half. I just think it's a little low for Stroud. Obviously, good bounce back spot for the Texans here coming up this week against the bucks. The, the real reason I'm taking it though, is, you know, I, I'm, I we've all been on Stroud. We've been right on Stroud all year. I, it's really more just fading the bucks since they got out of the bye. They've scored three touchdowns on 33 possessions. This offense just can't run the ball again. Uh, opposing defenses are just stacking the box and just daring Baker Mayfield to throw it. Uh, Mayfield's playing all right, but uh, really, you know, Texans defense has been solid this season. They're not amazing. Uh, so between the Bucks' offense kind of being a little shaky and Stroud in a good bounce back spot. Uh, I think I'm going to take Texans two and a half.
1: Yeah. I like the over in this one and not yeah. an official bet, but, uh, oh, actually, you know what? It is an official bet. So let me just roll it, in, roll into that one. So I, I, I always try to figure out which ones I haven't written this one up yet on scores and odds, but it's always tough to narrow down very early in the week. But or, like, I love the passing game for the Texans. in this one, Nico Stroud, all of these guys, Dell can get involved. I hope that pass rate over expectation kicks up to into gear and we see some rational coaching. It's always I think we have generally good coaches in the NFL now that try to exploit other teams' weaknesses. It seems like that's something you might want to do. It doesn't take a genius for us to be able to figure it out. You think the NFL head coaches would be able to too. So some rational coaching. Texans put up a bunch of points and the, and the Bucs with Evans and Godwin. And if they sort of let go of the run game and they move towards the passing game, that's what they should be doing, even though it is Baker Mayfield. I think they're going to be able to put up more than enough points against the Texans as well here. And this is sitting at a 40. I mean, this is just, it's its too low. If you ask me, I know scoring's down, but like 24 to 20, right? Something like that seems 24 to 17, that gets you there too. I mean, that's not even a, a lot of points. I know scoring's down in the NFL. But this is definitely one of the games I'm on an over on uh, for an official bet. Texans Buccaneers, and I, I I didn't bet a side on this one, but if I was Graham, I would be leading the Texans as well.
2: Yeah, uh, the other forty I like is uh, Patriots Commanders. I haven't bet it yet, but I think you can. Make i bet a case that. For... It's just, I just I I can only talk so many. Uh, yeah, I'm a little case segment, for that but one. i bet too low too, man. Yeah, yeah, commanders you- obviously, you know, uh, trading away some of their best defensive players. Montez Sweats is, uh, is gone. Chase Young is gone. Patriots have lost a ton of key defensive players. I like the over on that one too. Commanders were three and a half this afternoon. That got hammered. Uh, it's now three. Yeah. So uh,
1: yeah, I like that. And I, w- I would take the commander side as well in that game. I agree. I even yeah. though they're selling away some of their defensive pieces, uh, Sweat hasn't been great. Uh, but the the commanders, their offense, uh, I think is pretty good, uh, honestly, at least in terms of the passing game. So uh, I like them. Uh, Jake, what are you looking at from a sports betting perspective?
3: Yeah, I like uh, like Arizona plus eight here. You know, obviously a lot in the, up in the air in regards to who the starting quarterback could be for both teams in this game. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays for what it's worth. And no team quarterback by PJ Walker should be getting eight points. Maybe we see Kyler Murray. Uh, but even if we don't, um, PJ Walker has just been really bad this year. He's had good games in the past. He's Extremely volatile, former XFL MVP for uh for what it's worth from the from the Houston Roughnecks. Um, but uh yeah, no court no team quarterbacks by PJ Walker should be getting eight points. That's just a bit too much. Also like Las Vegas minus two here. You know, they were terrible in week eight, but the Giants have been terrible all season. Uh to me this is much closer to a uh you know Las Vegas minus three line. You can get minus two over at DraftKings, it's minus one ten. I think they're the only book with minus two right now, so I'd expect them to Come closer into line with uh, with the market here soon.
1: Yeah, just the Giants. Uh, I don't care if Daniel Jones comes back. That team is just an yeah. absolute train wreck. They overperformed last year, and they're probably underperforming this year. So they're somewhere in the middle. But you you get the best of both worlds in the NFL season. It's it's not like baseball. It's not even like the NBA. There are very limited games in the nfl and you you never really truly know how good or bad a team is even throughout the whole season uh, i think in my opinion in the nfl and i don't even know there really isn't even a great team in the nfl this year there's a, like five to seven good ones and the rest all, i don't know they could all beat each other on any any given dude week. the playoffs are going to be
2: awesome things. this year this is going to be one of the yeah. best nfl playoffs ever it's going to be so good because it's so tight at the top uh real quick i know we're trying to get out of here Josh Jacobs is going to be one of my favorite plays of this week. The the week for same reasons that Jay kind of uh, outlined. Uh, Raiders have finally kind of figured out their run game, and Giants just traded Leonard Williams. He's like their only good interior defensive lineman stopping the run. They were bad against the run uh, anyway. Uh, shut down Brees Hall, just stacking the box last week. But yeah, I, I, I like Jacobs quite a bit. I think he's he's gonna he's gonna shape up as one of the better DFS plays this week. Yeah, I
1: saw a tweet today. We'll we'll, we'll probably go a couple. I don't know another 10 minutes but uh, I was like trade your best defensive player for like a fourth round pick and a bag of Cheetos and then you'll trade your entire franchise for Bryce Young who's like horrible (laughs) it makes absolutely no sense how the NFL does some of these trades and I I guess I understand it from contracts perspectives and teams to get rid of players but it's crazy what teams will do sometimes in the trade market and then just these reasonably good proven NFL players get traded for nothing it just blows my mind sometimes
3: yeah, it seems like as a GM, you should just be calling up teams and being like, what do you want for this? Non- call the Bears. Pro Bowl starter. <laughs> yeah, just, call <laughs>
2: Oof.
1: Just, just calling the Bears, trying to get second-round draft picks for players
2: you don't even want anymore. By the way, I mean, real quick, just broader take for the rest of the season. Seattle's defense is legit now. I mean, they're all in, obviously, you know, getting Williams. But, I mean, Devon Witherspoon is a massive hit for them. Uh, Reek Woolen's playing a lot better. I mean, this def- their defense is legit, man. Yeah, I, I haven't bet the Ravens Seattle game because I'm
1: uh I don't know that, that seems if anything I might lean Seattle, but uh, yeah it's, it's five and a half five and a half like, yeah a lot. And see I know the the Ravens are a pretty good team, uh, but that one's a stay away for me currently right now. Uh my yeah. last other bet we're going. You like the DeAndre Hopkins. Uh I'm I'm very anti Pittsburgh Steelers. Just, their offense is absolutely putrid. And we're going to have Kenny Pickett playing it probably less than 100%. I mean, 100% Kenny Pickett is still basically the worst or second-worst quarterback in the league. Uh, Probably not anymore because there's a whole bunch of backups in here. Uh, But Will Levis showed enough. That's all I need. And I know the pass rush is going to be uh, a lot different this week than it was last week for him, especially if Cam Hayward comes back for Pittsburgh. Uh, But I'm going to back the Titans here at plus three. Uh, Vrabel is going to pull this one out. Uh, for the Titans, pretty sure even against Tomlin because that Steelers offense absolutely atrocious. A completely overrated team. They're four and three could legitimately be zero and seven if it wasn't for uh, quite a bit of fluky plays in basically every game they happen to get the win in. Uh, all right, that's a uh, couple of ones I'm on. We've covered all of our sports bets. Let's get some fantasy pick em. We'll get on out of here. Uh, I'm gonna throw a prize picks uh, a pick for. Uh some of you prize picks peoples might be like, you have to do a pick five. No, you don't. Uh you can still play a pick four, even though the odds are just a little bit less. But uh I like these. I'm going. I've talked about Stroud and Nico Collins. Uh you can you can pair them up and you don't get the hit as a, on a same game parlay as you do if you were doing it on an actual sports book like FanDuel or DraftKings. They don't hit you for correlation. So we're gonna take the over Stroud 232 and a half with Nico. Over 55 and a half, uh, the bucks along the fifth most pass yards, 10th fewest r- rush yards, a pure pass funnel. Let's hope the Texans get that straight. And uh, I don't know why they're allowing this probably because sportsbooks haven't put out odds yet. Uh, but you can get both Tyree Kelsey and Tyree Kill to score in an any anytime touchdown. And both of those guys are not going to be like minus 120-ish by the time Sunday rolls around. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be much better th- much worse than that. Uh, so you can get those both on price picks. Add that in, you got to pick four. Uh, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, Jake, where are you in the uh, looks like you're in the underdog streets.
3: Yeah, yeah, I got to pick for for underdog like DK Metcalf under 58 and a half receiving yards. We kind of already talked about this, but Baltimore's top eight rate of too high shouldn't a gate big plays force throws underneath to Tyler Lockett and these tight ends. I love Chris Olave over 58 and a half. I mean, I think this prop is a total joke. He's second in air yards. He's averaging 90 receiving yards per game in the games where both he and Carr have been healthy and he's got a top 10 matchup. I mean, what, like I, I, I just do not understand this prop as soon as books list it, if it's anywhere close to 58 and a half, you know, 60, 62, I'm going to hammer the over. Um, and Joe Burrow is back. The Bengals are slinging the ball. They should lead the league in pass rate over expectation from this point forward. So I like Joe Burrow over 268 and a half passing yards with a little correlation built in. Give me Jamar chase over 89 and a half receiving yards.
1: Yeah. Anytime you can get correlation on the fantasy pick em sites, you should generally try to do it because you don't get the hit in the same game parlay from the sports books. So they, they crush you when you do the correlation on the same game parlays. Uh, Graham, you got anything you were looking at, or is that going to be uh, it for the show today?
2: Yeah, last year I, I hit a couple of the, you know, correlating like, you know, quarterback with one of the receivers in a, in a touchdown. I've noticed this year, man, on FanDuel, the, the SGPs are just absolutely uh, a nightmare. I'm pro- I'm just gonna stop stop chasing it. Honestly, uh, you got to get some crazy. There's no uh, scoring. There's no touchdowns. Well, that well that that too. I mean, it's also a horrific year for uh, for that, those types of bets. So yeah, um, yeah I, I think I mentioned Hopkins fifty two and a half. I I think I see that mm-hmm. on my uh, market aggregator at Price a fifty two and a half for him. Uh, you can obviously correlate that with Levis. Um, in that game, I, I really like Deontay. I think 57 and a half is a good number for him, but I think if you're just going to play a Thursday night kind of special, I think you can hit some Deontay overs. He looks fully healthy, earning 14 targets. If there's one over in the Steelers offense, I'd want it'd be Deontay. Ideally you'd get receptions for him. Uh, but I receiving yards 57 and a half is probably a skosh low. Cause I'm kind of with you, man. I, I, I think th- Three is definitely the right number, but I'm I definitely lean heavily towards the Titans side. Yeah, I, I would take the money. If you want a live dog, you can go get the Titans
1: money line as well. I think they win that game yeah. out right? Uh All right, that's going to do it for the Week Nine show. Glad to have the whole crew back. Sorry, we didn't have any costumes, uh, but we made up for it. We've got the Sim Labs tool uh, at RotoGrinders at RotoGrinders.com/slash/simlabs/slash/NFL, I believe. Uh, over at Fantasy Points, they have the new coverage matrix uh, from their data gurus uh, going all color-coded, making it super easy to figure out which teams play what defenses. Uh, and uh, just uh, absolutely amazing for you to have the data tool uh, at a reasonable price point for everybody. If they want to go check that out, uh, please feel free to do. Other than that, everybody, have fun on what looks to be, uh, I, I tweeted this out, I think it's the ugliest quarterback Overall, with the scoring down, like this is the ugliest slate I think I've seen in recent memory, if not my entire DFS career, which I think we're talking about 10 years at this point in time. This is, this is, I've been, I've been going on playing DFS. It's just a very ugly slate with only 10 games, seven or eight backup quarterbacks from like their original team starters. It's ugly, but we still got to play. There's still money to be won. Hopefully we'll help you get there at the end of the week. Uh, for Graham, for Jake, for everyone at Fantasy Points, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, and we gotcha.